an accidental kiss. We try our best to do this. Analyze Asian dramas and not relive the trauma. Now that you know what's in store, just sit back and tune in more. Please enjoy our podcast, Accidental Kiss. Welcome to Accidental Kiss. On this podcast, we analyze the representation or lack thereof in Asian dramas from the perspective of drama fans. I'm Watanya, I am Lao slash Laoshan, whichever term you prefer, and I basically grew up with Asian dramas. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Faith. I'm a black US citizen who was maybe a little too obsessed with Asian dramas in her college days, but now wants to rekindle her love for them through this podcast. In our second episode, we're going to take a look at a Thai drama that has been remade seven times. Seven times? Whoa. Yep. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's leave that for a future episode, possibly. <laughs> but uh, we are talking about the 2008 remake of Jam Rak or Love Slave. Wow. What a name. Doesn't sound problematic at all <laughs> not at all not, not at all especially to a black american yeah not at all yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I don't i don't find that problematic at all I, yeah totally totally fine I mean, it, it could also be, uh, it could also be translated as prisoner of love or like defendant of love. But like, I think love slave or play on sex slave is a more accurate translation. Like considering what the story is about. Yeah, I have to uh, agree with you there. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Oh, and also, because this drama sparked such a long conversation, we will be dividing this into two parts. Oh yeah, okay. Ugh. So, before we move on, we will be discussing the entirety of many characters, so spoilers ahead. Also, we will be discussing physical and emotional abuse, kidnapping, sexual assault, self-harm, attempted suicide, actual suicide, stalking, and forced servitude in this episode. So, if you're sensitive to any of these issues, which is definitely understandable, please prioritize your mental health and overall well-being. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be quite a ride. So, you can always come back to us when you're emotionally ready. Also, please be aware that we will be using the word rape in this episode because, one, it occurs in this drama. And two, we think that the act itself should be completely condemned, not the word. And since our podcast is under the explicit category, we won't be pulling punches for any fucking rapists! Yeah! <laughs> okay, so before we get into the summary, let's tell our listeners why we're discussing this drama. So, Watanya, uh, why did you choose this drama? Oh boy. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> I, uh, I suppose I chose it because uh, it's, uh, it's one of the Thai dramas that I grew up with. Uh, I watched it when it originally aired in 2008. And fun fact, I learned the word jealous from it. Mm, well... At least you got something positive out of this show. Yeah, someone's coming. 
But the bigger reason is that it's a it's considered a classic Thai drama alongside Sawan Biang or Divine Deviation. Uh, I think this one has a more solid story than the other one, and also it's like three times shorter, and the lead is less of a bitch. Uh, do you mean the female lead or the male lead? Oh, the male lead. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I can't believe they made a character worse than the male lead in Love Slave. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy is great in the looks department. But in everything else, though, I mean, uh, he does actually rape the female lead. How can you be worse of a person than that? Like, what did this other guy do? Kill a baby? Well, <laughs> um... Oh, God. <laughs> he, uh, he kidnaps and repeatedly raped his aunt-in-law what because wait for it his dad married someone he doesn't like oh my god oh and he's also a huge slap kisser oh god yep more about the slap kiss later or if you saw our trope tuesday you know what the slap kiss is i mean to be honest with you i don't know what to say to that like just (laughs) just wow um like they really know how to pick them for these shows. Oh, yeah. Really know how to pick those no, male leads. <laughs> uh, but before things take an even darker turn... Is that possible? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Let's start. Let's start with a summary of the series. Because context is crucial. Uh, we need, we we really need everyone to know why we're saying everything through our teeth. Mm, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, let's see if we can get this all. Yeah, if we can get all of this in. Um, a lot, and I mean a lot, happens in this show. The story is about a woman named Soraya who lives with her aunt, uncle, and cousin. Soraya is treated like a maid there, but tolerates it because she has vowed to do anything for the cousin who she believes saved her life as a child, the beautiful Sansani. Sansani dates a lot of men as a means to increase her own wealth and status. One of the men Sansani dated was Harin. Harin went to the same university as her and Soraya. However, Sansani breaks up with Harin before the start of the story. Harin was unable to bear the heartbreak and commits suicide in the beginning of the series. Harin's brother, Harit, tracks down Sansani based on the photo that Harin left in his diary and kidnaps her. Mm. Yeah. However, the one Harit kidnapped is actually Soraya. She tries to tell Harit several times that her name is Soraya, but why would he listen? He just wouldn't listen. Anyway, um, Harit takes Soraya to his private island in southern Thailand and basically enslaves her. Uh, it was quite uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I felt I felt the same way. I mean, Harit forces Soraya to basically start a farm <laughs> to feed herself. <laughs> and after Soraya fails to escape several times, he fucking rapes her. Uh... I was hoping, I was really hoping, you know, praying even, that it was going to be revealed later that Hadi didn't actually rape Soraya. But Uh, it was a tie drama. I don't know what to tell you. he, he, He really did rape her. And for some reason, 
Hadi starts to fall in love with Soraya <laughs> after that. What what is wrong with these people? Okay, anyway, but <laughs> but he still keeps Soraya on his island and insists on being sentimental about it, like about you know fucking raping someone. And this is after Hadi met the actual Sansani, and he knows for a fact that the woman he kidnapped is named Soraya, so not Sansani. And he still keeps her on the island, guys, okay? He still keeps her on the island. So this is our leading man, everybody, you know? The guy we're supposed to be rooting for? Well, thankfully, question mark, how did eventually let Soraya go? But he still stalks her after Uh, that. Of course he does. (laughs) He is like... He's a creep. I mean, how else can you show a girl you love her besides like stalking? Oh her? god. <laughs> anyway, um he is a <laughs> he is also fake courting Sansani for revenge at the same time. He's busy. Yep. And uh once Hadit successfully gets Sansani to fall in love with him. I mean Sansani dumps her current boyfriend, Tawachai, and then uh Hadit goes to meet her parents to ask for their blessing. But the thing is, Harit tells them that he wants to ask for Soraya's hand in marriage, not Sansani's. This enrages and confuses everyone in that household. Well, not us, though. Well, yeah, of course we knew. Of course the audience knows. But yeah, anyone in the show would be very confused by this. I mean, you you, you date someone for like, I guess, weeks? I have no idea. Like, time is very... (laughs) It's it's very strange in the show. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea how much time has passed, honestly. But like, you know, he's at least dated her for like, at least a couple of weeks, I would assume. And, you know, then he comes and is like, oh, actually, want to marry your cousin? (laughs) Like, I mean, of course, that's going to be a shocker. Um... So, yeah, Sansani takes this, you know, the hardest, of course, um, especially because she feels like she has lost to Soraya. And so, you know, Sansani does the very reasonable thing (laughs) of traveling all the way to Soraya's childhood home and pushes Soraya into the very pond where she had supposedly saved her life when they were kids. You know, very normal. Great, great, great. Yeah, very reasonable (laughs) reaction. Yes, yes. And um, so Hadid, heroically, you know, for the first time in the show, um, <laughs> jumps into the pond and saves Soraya. I think this is the only actual, like, heroic thing he's done. Like, actually. Well, I mean, I think he does save her another time from drowning. But this was also due to him, like, you know, capturing her and, and you know, enslaving her. So I don't count those things. Actually, um, the, the, one... the first time he actually, quote, unquote, saved her was when Buntai pushed her like into the ocean or something yeah but yeah yeah but i don't count that because it's his fault she's in the in the situation oh, so okay. i don't i don't I count see. that sorry i don't count it because he you know if he hadn't have enslaved her she wouldn't have been in that situation like this is the one time well actually never mind never mind you know what no actually Let, let's discuss this later yeah yeah but like the thing is even this though it's still his fault yep because he fake dated <laughs> it's actually it's all his fault yep but anyway 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 he heroically jumps into the pond and saves Soraya. And after that, it's revealed that the person who saved Soraya from drowning all those years ago was actually not Sansani, but Soraya's childhood friend, Nikul. Shocker! Yep. (laughs) 
Who would have known? No. I know. Who would have guessed? Sansity was not someone who actually would save someone. Um, <laughs> so, so, so they uh, is shocked to find this out and ends up leaving. Hadith finally says he can find it in his heart to forgive someone like Sansini. Oh, good for him. <laughs> can can you find it in your heart to forgive someone like him? I don't know. No, I can't. Um, <laughs> and and Tawachai decides not to pursue Sansani anymore, leaving Sansani screaming into the sky. The last scene. Whew, this is cringy. The last scene shows Harit submitting to Surya. Mm, as her submitting. prisoner or slave, slave whatever prisoner, he said. Sure. Yeah. Uh, quotes, quotes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In quotes. Surya um, makes Harit do almost everything he did to her. Keyword being almost. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a big keyword. Yeah. Make sure you bold that. Italicize. <laughs> Like <laughs> in the subtitles, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, and in in the very last scene, oh god, how did pretends to fall from a chair and onto Soraya on the bed? You know, the same bed where he raped her. No. And like, and uh, their final kiss. Um, it it was a fade out the exact same way the rape was. Like, like that was somehow as unacceptable. And like, the most infuriating thing is that there was no raping in the original novel that this series was based on. And that novel came came out in like the 1960s. So then why did they even include that in the 2008 remake? The 2008 remake. I mean, it, it, it could be to follow the trend of rapey male leads. You know, it's a thing. But, like, I, I honestly have no idea. Ew. <sighs> oh, uh, speaking of, like, you know, rapey. Um, <laughs> you, you, mentioned, you mentioned a slap kiss trope that is popular in Thai dramas. I I really hadn't heard of it actually until you told me about it. Oh. Could you explain it? Explain what it is for our listeners. Sure. I mean, um, uh, the slap kiss is when the female lead slaps the male lead because he's such an asshole. Then the male lead kisses her in retaliation, like like it's supposed to be romantic or something. And like this, this isn't consensual non-consent either. Like this is a man. Forcing a kiss on a woman as if his magical lips can make her, like, obedient? <laughs> magical lips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, better than magical vagina, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> okay, so that that's really gross. Really, really gross. Um, but honestly, it sounds like the dynamics between the lead male and female characters in most popular Hollywood movies in like the 1940s and 50s. What? Um, I mean, they, pretty much all of them were like that. I mean, hell, I'm sure you can even find American movies today that still do this trope in some form or another. You know, ugh. I mean, it's like, oh, slap a guy, hit a guy, but then, oh, he kisses you. Like, ugh. ugh. I mean, like, I 
I know Hollywood isn't perfect. I know it's um Oh god, no. Oh, it's got, it's unethical in in many 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 ways. <laughs> how much time you but got? like I <laughs> But I I did not expect this. Oh, really? Oh god. Like I I totally am just like, yeah, this is like what we see especially in the older stuff. I mean, nowadays usually they try, but even even nowadays, I still think it happens in movies. I definitely have seen movies where it's like, you know, the the male and female lead or like, you know, they hate each other or whatever. And I'm sure there's something where like the female lead slaps like the guy because, you know, it's acceptable for women to hit men because, you know, we're so weak mm. and fragile. Right. Um, but mm. like, you know, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, usually the guy, you know, I mean, he's not supposed to hit the woman usually because if he does then he's bad. Right. Which, you know, yeah, that's not good. You shouldn't hit people like that um but usually it's not taken seriously and it's like okay well this is my chance to like you know kiss her because you know like i guess she's a you know weak woman who i want to bang so let's kiss now like i don't know that i mean that's you, you know what, you know, <laughs> think things are getting a little um a little <laughs> mucky around here so uh <laughs> let me bring in bring in some light eh um Oh god, this is this is a very hard transition. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna introduce you to Nagoya's very own Mei Choo Choo. But with Tanya, I thought she was having a break with the pandemic still going on in Japan and all. Well, Faith, good thing we have the internet, right? We wouldn't be here if we didn't have that. Oh Exactly. Mei Choo Choo is also on the internet, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. And we were just recently featured on her awesome show, Choo Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and you can watch it as well as other shows by Mei Choo Choo on YouTube. Just search for Mei Choo Choo and let her brighten your Tuesdays. Accidental kiss. Back to the podcast. Now that we've recapped the story... And this is a, a bit of an awkward question to ask, but what do you think the overall message was, like, of this drama? Message. Um, I don't, I don't think I even want to know what kind of message they were going for here, because every lesson I took away from this drama was god-awful. Lesson number one. Tolerate abusive men, because one day you could win their heart and change them for the better. Lesson two, women who aren't self-sacrificing, submissive, and obedient servants are loose and therefore bad. And lesson number three, blaming others for all your problems actually does pay out in the end. Oh, that's it? Uh, it's, uh, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't add marry your rapist to that wicked list. Ah, uh, well, uh, now I'm, I'm gonna have to add that too, uh. Lesson four, marry your rapist, ladies. Oh, uh. oh my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, you you watched this when it first aired, right? I think you said that? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you get any kind of message from it? Uh, like mother, like daughter, maybe? I mean, Sansani and Soraya are carbon copies of their mothers. Their fathers are either emotionally neglectful or dead <laughs> <laughs> and uh the, the 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 lesson sounds positive but like um i was a kid the the math says i was 11 when i watched it wow and, and fun fact this drama 
was rated 13+, plus, but anyone of any age can watch it as long as they're accompanied by an adult. What? No freaking way. So, like, a freaking two-year-old could watch this crap? Yeah, I mean, if they're with someone older than 13, yeah. Oh my, oh my, okay. Okay, so yeah, this show is not suitable for children. Okay, so they don't actually show, like, they don't show the rape scene on screen. Thank God. Thank God. I know, thank God, but... It's still a part of the story and like it's a huge part of the story and she still ends up falling in love with and marrying her rapist. That is not the kind of lesson I want to teach any, you know, children. I don't want them to learn that. Well, I mean, that's not the kind of lesson I want anyone to learn. Like, I don't want anyone to think that. But for some reason, this is like a thing in many Thai dramas and I wish they would just end this trope already yeah oh yeah definitely i mean i didn't know it was a thing because it's my first thai drama don't know if that's a good thing or not i don't think it's a good thing maybe i should have uh, suggested something else but uh. well well you know you know what you know what no it's good because now the bar is already low (laughs) it can only go up from here it can only go up from here okay can only go up from here are you sure yeah I mean, I, I have to say that I, I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. Like, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be in denial for now. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. All right. So then, um, you know, I could talk about forever. Like, really, I could literally take this entire podcast episode. <laughs> I could talk forever about how much bad I think this drama has brought into the world. But we have to move on to the main course of this podcast, the representation. So first up is gender. We would like to start off with the women. There are many notable female characters in the series who we have grouped into three main categories. The princesses, the semi-extras, and the bad girls. Princess is actually the English term that I use to describe uh, the typical heroine archetype in like in Thai drama series. Uh, the Thai term would be nang e, but that just means heroine or female lead. Princesses have every single aspect of what the ideal Thai woman should be, or at least by super traditional standards. But mainly, they they must be a virgin until marriage and be good at domestic work. Mm, I guess it's okay. To lose their virginity to rape by their future husbands, though? Uh, Well, unfortunately, the princesses agree. The princesses of Love Slave are Soraya, you know, the literal heroine, and Saang, her mother. A princess is feminine and pure, but also tough and works hard. Being tough seems to be a commonality. And most female protagonists in Asian dramas. Definitely. And a, a princess also respects her parents, elders, and ancestors, even though they're already dead and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the definition of ancestors, right? I mean... I, 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 okay. <laughs> but yeah, she is also usually religious. Uh, Soria prays on her mother's lap, and Saang is the only actively religious person in the series. And, like, apparently that's what defines a good person. I don't... Yeah. Mm, yeah. That, that is really interesting. Mm. 
Ugh. Um, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> next, uh, we have the Simi Extras. Uh, they have names and appear in the drama quite often, so they're technically characters, but we never really learn much about them. So the Simi Extras of the series are Sai Samon, Doi, Doi, I never, Doi, Doi, I can never yeah. get that name right, Doi, okay. and Gao, 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 yes, Gao, yes. Oh god, it's hard. It's okay. Um, Saisamon. <laughs> yes. Um, these are nicknames. You are lucky. Saisamon is the only first name that you get here. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, Saisamon, Sansani's mother, is pretty much the evil stepmother in this Cinderella-esque story. Tai, the maid, is one of the few genuinely kind characters in the story but she's always gossiping which happens to be a common stereotype about women and maids two birds with one stone i guess hey why discriminate against one group of people when you can do two at the same time am i right anyway gail yes gail uh, is the only female worker on Hadith's Pearl Farm who gets a name and lines. But her whole purpose is being pregnant and having a baby. Like how some people see women? Sounds about right. <sighs> okay. Anyway, both the princesses and the semi-extras are very different from the characters in the last category, the bad girls. And because they're the bad girls, we're gonna pick them apart one by one. You know, I, I kind of want to keep the best for last. What what do you say, Faith? I mean, yeah. And if you've seen the series, you know who we're talking about. Most definitely. So, let's start with Buntai, who is the typical bad girl archetype of Thai dramas. Buntai is Harit's ex-girlfriend. The English subs say ex-wife. But uh, it's actually one of those things that um, got lost in translation. So the words they actually used were pua and mia, which do mean husband and wife respectively, but not necessarily by law. Pua mia is used to imply two people had sex outside of wedlock. Mm, that's that's a very specific term. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's only in Thai and in, in Lao. It's a uh, it's all grouped into the same category but uh that's uh that aside um the only time sami panaya or lawful husband and wife was used was when sansani asked if chanida and tawachai are husband and wife by law i was wondering why the sub said ex-wife i really thought buntai and harit had been married so buntai is always hanging around harit's place but doesn't seem to want him to know that she's there. Um, it's eventually revealed that Harit banished Buntai from his island when he caught her and uh, an employee of his sleeping together. So Buntai doesn't have any female friends and only seems to care about Harit and a little bit about Harit's manservant. Bai. We found out partway through the story that Buntai and Bai have a sexual relationship with each other. I mean, she uses that to control and manipulate him, but that aside, uh, Buntai is portrayed as a loose woman 
But like, I'm kind of glad that it doesn't stop her from trying to pursue Hari. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, next we have Tanida. Tanida is an employee at Tawachai's company and his former love interest. Tanida is in love with Tawachai and even goes as far as hiring a thug to assault Sansani for dating him. It is said throughout the show that Tanida is apparently a skilled worker, but we mostly see her just giving Sansani jealous looks or <laughs> plotting ways to get Tawachai back. I mean, there's one scene where we get to see Chenida work, but um that was just a one setup. Scene. One scene, yes, but it it was <laughs> it was also a setup for Sansani to destroy her work. <laughs> <laughs> and like of course that provokes San- Chenida to be hostile, right? But like yeah, she she physically attacked Sansani at their shared workplace. Which leads her to being fired by the guy that they were also banging. But that aside, (laughs) Shanida is the only other female character besides Sansani seen driving a vehicle. Yeah. Also, they're the only two female workers at that company. That's true. Yeah. Tawachai has a problem. (laughs) But we're going to discuss him later. Finally, we have Sansani. My official Thai drama girl crush. Although she is an awful person who only cares about herself, she is also a confident woman who's comfortable with being sexual and knows exactly what she wants. The other characters often try to shame Sansini for dating a lot of men, being looks obsessed, and the heinous crime of driving as a woman. Sansini is the polar opposite of Soraya. Sansani doesn't respect her elders, doesn't want to do things the traditional way, and is quite independent and individual. Oh no! (laughs) The drama frames these traits as bad, and every character constantly reminds us of how we're not supposed to like Sansani because of those traits. I think most of those scenes actually made me like Sansani more. (laughs) I was, I mean, I was like... That's exactly how I want to be. <laughs> like, but seriously, though, what's up with most women not driving in this show? Like, even women aren't allowed to drive boats, apparently. Like, you never see one. You never see a woman driving a boat in the show. I don't think so. Yeah, even Buntai. Like, and then yeah. she apparently, like, grew up there. But yeah, yeah uh, driving or controlling a vehicle is uh, it's seen as a masculine trait, I think. But like in in real life though, like I don't think gender actually plays a role in like whether or not you get to drive. I think that's more about like privileged and uh class stuff like that. Yeah, actually now I wonder is it because like all of the people in the Puket Phuket, Phuket sorry, Phuket, the Phuket Island, like 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 uh Hadith Island, like is it because they're all poor? Is that why they can't drive? I mean but the thing is the guys can still though. They still could drive though, so I... <laughs> yeah, and they they could they could drive boats. Yeah, but they, they didn't the let like the women drive. Yeah, boats. they wouldn't let them do it. So I don't know. I don't know what the issue was there. It was very strange to me. Um, 
to me too. Yeah, it was very strange to me because I was like, I know Boon Thai was like, oh, I gotta get to Hadi, gotta get back to Hadi. But it was like, okay, why don't you just drive a boat? But she had to get, yeah, she had to get someone to drop her off. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just learn how to drive? I mean, you've lived here all your life, right? You should know how to drive a boat at least. You live on islands. Like, I feel like it's a very useful skill that she just, you know, doesn't, no one seems, no woman seems to bother to learn, which I, I find quite strange, but oh well. Oh, and this is not related to one particular character, but all the women in this show are always seen in full makeup, even when they're sleeping. And (laughs) like, you know, even though we know in the real world that sleeping with makeup on is horrible for your skin, uh, this is consistently the case for female characters in TV shows and movies all over the world, you know, not just Thailand, but like, you know, everywhere. Um... And so it really puts the unrealistic beauty standards that these women have to uphold on full display. Even these naturally gorgeous women who, you know, had to be very physically attractive to get these roles still have to always wear makeup. It's uh it's been a, it's a it's a worldwide problem and I feel like we should like start letting people not wear full makeup all the time. I mean, a bit of makeup is probably like I guess necessary cuz like it's it's a movie and everything you got to look good. Yeah, and, but and like, sometimes it helps like with like lighting, I know sometimes too. Sometimes yeah, if you don't have yeah. makeup on, I heard about you that, get yeah. kind of like, you know, washed out or something like that. So I mean, I think I don't think I'm not against wearing makeup. Of course not, but yeah, maybe But full yeah, makeup all the with time, like all the time colorful eyeshadow every sing- stuff like every that. single scene all the time no matter what especially Sansani, like always oh, had God. this really colorful like pink eyeshadow which looked great you know because everything looked great on her <laughs> but you know she always had it on like every scene like she was in the bed she had this full makeup on and she's like oh i'm going to bed i'm like uh okay <laughs> sure <laughs> even even soraya who yeah. who is yeah. a- apparently kidnapped yeah. and left on an island. Yes, yes. She still has full makeup Yeah, she's on. like in the middle of freaking nowhere. Has no access to makeup because Hadi did not like buy her makeup. Like, you know, I'm nope. pretty sure he didn't buy her any makeup. And so like he got her some clothes, thank God. But like he didn't get her any makeup. So how is she able to keep that look up? Like how is she able to keep that mascara and like full eyeshadow and like, you know, she's got some kind of lip lost something going on there too like you know she just you know foundation everything like all that stuff is on and like how is mm-hmm. she able to keep that and maintain that like it makes no sense in the world you know like in in the drama like it mm-hmm. makes no sense but like we're supposed to just like you just spend our disbelief because it's like well you know she's just this attractive all the time and i mean she's gorgeous of course <laughs> but she does not look like that naturally <laughs> like that is not a natural way no. a human looks like it's just not possible um so mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, we we can we can talk all day oh, yeah. all day oh, yeah. about this. Of course, of course, of course, we could. But we have to move on. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the depiction of men in the series. Uh, we also grouped them into three main patterns: the hopeless romantics, the devotees, and the narrator. The hopeless romantics include Harin, Tawachai, Nukun, and Suparud. These characters believe in the power of love and would do anything for the person they love. So in the opening scene, we are shocked to see Harin take his own life with Harit's gun right before our very eyes. Harin does this because he can't be with the love of his life, Sansini. Tawachai 
is the boss of the travel company that Sensini works at and is also her primary love interest for most of the story. I mean, up until she meets Harid, you know. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the story, uh, Tawachai um, decides not to date Sansani anymore after her true nature is revealed. Nikul is Soraya's childhood friend and official backup guy of the series. Nikul is kind, considerate, and seems to really care about Soraya. But Nikul is also the only person who actively searches for Soraya when she goes missing. Like, not even her mother does that for some reason. Yeah, because women are not supposed to be active and all that BS. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) Suparat is Sansani's father and Soraya's uncle. He is one of the few genuinely kind characters in the show. And although Supara would traditionally be considered the head of the house, the drama frames him as powerless to stop non-traditional bad women. You know, like his wife and daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He doesn't like how his wife and daughter treats Soraya, but he never really does anything about it. Yeah, he really doesn't. Yeah, he only, like, side-eyes Sansanine. Yeah, yeah. He's like the he's like the king of side eyes in the show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have the devotees by Viset, Kawin, Tim, and Y. These characters devote their lives to someone or something, for good or for bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, mostly bad actually. Mostly bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, um, Bai is Harit's personal servant. We don't know much about Bai's backstory, but he is extremely is loyal to Harit. Yeah, I mean, we, we would have wanted like a, a Bai backstory. Yeah. Side, oh, yeah, no, I'd yeah, watch that version. Spin like, off. That drama. Let's get a Bai drama. Yeah. Bai drama, Bai drama. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, <laughs> this is sidetracking, but my gay ears just hurt like bi, bi as in bisexual drama. <laughs> But uh, moving on, um, <laughs> well, we could get we could get a buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if buy would be buy, but um, <laughs> any hey hey, he could be whatever you make exactly. Him. Okay, but yes, um, buy follows all of Harit's orders and endures all of his abuse. Viset is the quote unquote bad guy of the series. I mean, I think that's debatable. But anyway, Viset uh, <laughs> is apparently Viset is apparently Hadith's business rival who devotes his life to trying to destroy Hadith. Gawin, Tim, and Y are employees at Hadith's pearl store, hotel, and pearl farm in Phuket. All three of them are extremely loyal to Hadith and often cite Hadith's good deeds. We don't know much about their personal lives because working for Harit is their collective identity in this drama. <laughs> that's so sad. It's very sad. That's what life is. Yeah, it's a, that's what uh, the, the drama is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All Everything revolves around Harit. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so why? Also, he ends up hitting his son to teach him not to steal from Harit. You know everything's about Hadid. He like he doesn't even get, he doesn't even get a scene with his son where he could just be his son. You know, he, he literally the son's there just so they could like blame him for stealing something and he can get punished. That's it. Like they have no he has no other purpose. And so 
I think that it's interesting. You know, this is a very interesting thing to me was that there are parallels between Wise Sun and Harin. So Wise Sun is punished for stealing pearls from Harit to impress a girl. Um, so during the punishment, Hardy looks on and wishes he could have taught Harin the same lesson, which seems to be women aren't worth it. Oh, women aren't worth it. <laughs> Bros before hoes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the lesson I got from it. That's all I. Can, that's all I got from it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. What Except else. the woman that you fell in love af- yes. af- fell in love with after raping. Uh, uh, oh God. Um. And uh, as you said, Faith, if you've been feeling like like this drama revolves around Harit, you'd be right. Because Harit is the narrator of this story. That explains the sexy jazz music when Soraya is suffering. And also the inappropriately timed music throughout the series. Yeah. Uh, Harit is the male lead of the series. Harit starts off the series as a mysterious and violent Man fueled with rage towards Sansani. Hadit loves Harin and wants to find a scapegoat for his suicide. Hadit kidnaps, imprisons, abuses, and rapes Soraya against her will. Of course, you know, that's what rape is. Even after he apparently falls in love with her and knows she isn't Sansani, he still tries to keep her... On the island, oh, his private island. Uh, however, <sighs> Hadid is portrayed as a generous and kind business owner who cares about the environment and the livelihood of the locals. Oh, God. Yeah, Um. the reason we call Harit the narrator is because this series is his own narrative of being the hero that saved the savages of the South. Oh god, that is so problematic. But in fact, it was purely Harit being privileged. Well, in the 2008 remake, in a way. The theme song, Zamlayrak, is specifically written for the series, and it does point out the hypocrisy in Harit's character. However, the music is often inappropriately played in certain Mm. scenes. Most notably, when Soraya is suffering, a very sexy jazz version of the theme song <laughs> is played in the background, suggesting that the narrator finds Soraya's suffering sexy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Also, after Harit apparently falls in love with Soraya, another theme song is added. The second theme song is about how someone is willing to devote their whole life to someone they love forever oh god (laughs) i mean the the songs are amazing but like i really don't know if it is this like i mean that the first song maybe because it it points out that harit is a a, is a huge hypocrite but the second song i don't think it's really appropriate for Mm, this drama you know for a rapist yeah it's like i i would love you even if i'm in hell or even if we both go to heaven or even if we're like apart and everything like that and i'm like i would rather you not be yeah like i think you've been close enough i think the problem is that you were too close i think that's been the whole problem this entire time is that you always there always stalking her 
always keeping her captive. Like, so she has to be with you forever? Don't doom her to that existence, you know? I mean, we know you're going to go to hell for all the stuff you've done, but, like, don't bring other people down with you. Yeah, I feel like he's going to bring, like, everyone yeah, down yeah. with him. Like, like, like he is. Like, he's he's going to bring everyone down with him. It's just, like, in, in, like, the drama frames, this is a good thing. Or, like, uh, like oh, this is what we should like. No. Ew. But, yeah, um, moving on. Uh, like, the previous episode, there is no representation of other uh, genders. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, before before we move on to the uh, next section, I would like to give a special shout out to my favorite characters in Love Slave. Intersectional feminist icon Snake and Squirrel. Wait, what? What? What about the chim- the chimpanzee Gayu? Absolutely not. Fuck that monkey man. Like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. Gayu ratted Soraya out to Harit, okay? All right? Okay. He, he, he is not an ally, okay? He is not a feminist ally. He is not. He is just, no, no. He is bad. Bad. He supports the man. No. No. Not. Yeah, I mean, he he is a snitch. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he, totally he just snitches out. on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but look, Soraya is literally being imprisoned and enslaved. And she tries to escape, and Gayu is the reason why she gets caught. He rats her. He rats her out. No, no, uh, no. So no. if you want to hate on a chimpanzee, watch Love Slave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, oh God, please don't tell him that. Oh God, <laughs> that sounds awful. But, but seriously though, seriously though, the snake. I'm for real. The snake and the squirrel were the only completely unproblematic characters in this show. Like seriously, they did nothing wrong, and like. There were scenes where the snake was supposedly like threatening or whatever, but we never actually <laughs> we, we never actually see it harm anyone on screen. Like never. Like they never show it actually harming anyone. Everyone just freaks out and backs away from it, but it just continues to mind its own business. Totally unbothered. What an icon. And w- what about the squirrel? Well, the squirrel was, you know, there. In a few scenes, but <laughs> you know, just looking cute. And what could be more iconic than that? Look, I can't argue with that logic. And that's the end of the first half of our second episode. Please continue on to the second half, where things get more intense. Much more intense. Ugh. Either way, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks so much. To make sure you're always up to date on our latest episodes, please subscribe to or follow Accidental Kiss on your favorite podcast app and YouTube. If you would like to contact us, please email us at kiss.accidental at gmail.com. Oh, also please follow and reach out to us on all the socials. We would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any other Asian drama series you'd like to hear us cover on the show. Your suggestion might make it into a future episode. Stay tuned for the second part of this episode, where we'll be continuing our discussion on the representation in Jamloirak, or Love Slave. Until then, see you! See you! Stuck in a Everything's a mess Forced to marry The first
first guy you accidentally kiss betrayed by your only friend so she can get the guy the reasons above and more are why the way we so complicated it is so complicated